great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers i'm your host dean and i'm joined as always by my brother and the other great host of this show nick and nick two days until the draft are you ready to go we're going to do a 10 minute mock how are you feeling I'm feeling good. Um, I was at the Lakers game last night, which was just electric. Uh, bumped into Magic Johnson in the bathroom. And from that point on, it felt like the entire shift of the night changed. Uh, it got magical, pun intended. <laughs> and I mean, that was just, I've never been to a game in any sport with that kind of energy. Um, so, and then the guy in front of me, he had a tattoo on his arm. Great dude. Tattoo. I was, I was telling you about it. It went Kobe and then Dodgers, Kings, and then down by the wrist, it was Oakland Raiders. Oh, so, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, you just want that same kind of environment at SoFi Stadium, right? I mean, you want that same kind of fan base. And you, what you have to do is you have to win for 50 years. You have to be within the city. You have to be within the culture. You have to ingrain yourself. And I think they're well on their way. And it starts with a, a very, very quick, concise, and perfect mock draft that we will put together in the next 10 minutes. Nick, Let's I think it. like in order to be the Lakers, in order to be the Dodgers, in order to be the Kings, you have to consistently win. You have to put together a culture that is going to consistently, um, you know, be in, in the fold towards the end. That's going to consistently be able to battle that has the kind of culture that you want players to kind of come into the coaches that are going to be accepting into the players that are going to be coming into the, uh, into this atmosphere. So I feel like what we had to do was we had to do it really quick. We wanted to kind of put together a quick and concise 10 minute mock draft as a finalization based on all the research that we've done. If you haven't checked in on the big board yet, please feel free to. You guys all have access to it. We're going to be following along and updating the big board as the draft is going along. So Friday, Saturday night, you guys could pop in with us. We could do chat features. We'll all have a beer. It'll be a, it'll be a really good time. So 10-minute mock draft, Nick. We put this together, and we wanted to make sure that we were checking off all the boxes. But first and most importantly, what we did was we traded with the Carolina Panthers. So what we did was everybody wants to get into the fourth round. We, I think, originally identified two or three weeks ago, like, the gap from from 77 to 167 is, is far too large from the third to the fifth round. So we were like, let's figure out a way to trade into the fourth round. Let's get creative with it. So we, Nick, you and I, we, we negotiated. We played the role of Les Snead. We talked to Carolina, who we were originally negotiating with way back when in the Brian Burns deal. And we were like, hey, all right, we're going to trade pick 77, which is our third round pick, and a sixth rounder for next year for pick 93, which is a third rounder, which was originally the – the San Francisco 49ers pick in the McCaffrey deal. Uh, we'll take one nine. We'll take one fourteen, which is a fourth rounder, which we get back into the fourth round. We'll take pick one forty five, which is a fifth rounder, and we just need we need players, and we're going to be able to uh, 
you know, we need, we need as many bodies as, as we could possibly get. I think, I think in, in trading back, staying in the third round, got into the fourth round, got us additional bodies for the fifth round. And we also leapfrogged Nick simultaneously, San Francisco's entire draft because they don't pick until 99th overall. So we would have one, two, three picks right before San Francisco. And then we would have an additional one fourteenth pick in round five, which is right after San Francisco. Not that they're the point of emphasis here, but I feel like just being able to kind of leapfrog them and get into a good position, get into round four gives us uh, a greater potential to be able to hit on more players. Yeah. And they're already talking about that today. Uh, Sneed mentioned the gap. Yeah. So clearly this is something that we foresaw and, you know, probably we'll see something similar to this. Not sure if it's entirely with going to be with Carolina, but just, Something similar to this kind of package. Exactly. Most exactly. Yeah, no, by no means are we saying this is this is identical to what the trade scenario is going to be, but right. I feel like this is a, a pretty good mock scenario. Considering they've already had conversations with this team, it could theoretically be Pittsburgh. It could be Cleveland. It could be whomever, right? As long as it's not within division, I feel like any team is pretty much at play as long as they have a fourth-round pick to be able to be in negotiations with the Rams. So right. we know Les's methodology in terms of trading back and the calculus he does to be able to stockpile picks later on in the draft. And we only have 45 active players signed on this roster right now. So the likelihood is that you could at least bring in 14, 15 bodies within the draft and then try to fill it out the remainder within the uh, undrafted class. So here's what we did. FAU, we went round two, 36 overall. We went FAU, Felix, uh, Anudike Ozama from Kansas State. Like I very much feel like he's a, a prospect still. He's still very much a kid. He was 220 coming into college. Like he's completely transformed his look. He's still a little bit of a basketball player, but I feel like it's the kind of kid that can aggressively tack the edge consistently. And the flexibility mid rush that he has, like that's what you need as an edge rusher. He played every game in the past two seasons for Kansas State. He led the team in sacks, tackles for losses, and forced fumbles over the last two years. And I feel like he very much kind of competes with the Nobody believes in you mentality, very similar to what Leonard Floyd brought to the table after he was drafted very highly in the first round. Didn't go as well as it should have in Chicago, ended up in, in Los Angeles and had a pretty good two-year run here. So, I, I mean, I feel like it's a perfect replacement. If you're trying to go one-to-one -one with Leonard Floyd, you have um, that kind of cheap player for the next four years on your roster. So I feel like that's a good one-to-one -one replacement for Leonard Floyd. Yeah, and I think it's a, you know it's a place where you can really look at what you had and find yeah. something similar, you know, like not try to, you know, bring in something completely new and just have somebody that can kind of mimic what Thunder Floyd was doing. And then that kind of moves us right into uh, the tank, Frank the Tank. Well, not Frank, but Nate the Tank. Nathaniel Dell, you could call him, or you can call him Tank. Yeah. I don't know what, what he prefers, uh, but I just so, so much yak. The Rams love yak. Cooper Cup is the yak man. Uh, Nathaniel effective in the in, in the screen game and crossers thanks to the yak uh, athleticism has the ability to score from pretty much anywhere on the field. I think he had ten touchdowns in ten different games um, in 2022. Um, yeah, I mean just all around. This, this is so, somebody that the Rams like athletically and you know weapon wise. I think they're going to target. Yeah, I mean I I would look at him. You know, as maybe a potential punt returner, he was a punt returner in 2022. He averaged 16 yards per return. 
uh, from last year. He had one return touchdown. I think he had two that were called back to penalties. So you talk about a Tavon Austin comparison. I mean, there's right every single time Tavon Austin returned a punt for a long gain, it was a penalty by Jeff Fisher's special teams. But I, you know, that's the kind of same situation he was in. But he also returned kicks as an underclassman. Like he, like I feel like, like you mentioned, the screen game, the crossers, the yards after the catch, the athleticism. Even though he is a little bit undersized, I feel like he'd be the kind of perfect weapon that Sean McVay is looking to bring in. And talk about home run hitters. Like he's more of a Brandon Cooks replacement, and like that's kind of scratching the Brandon Cooks itch. I feel like more so. He tried to do it with Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell, but hasn't happened quite yet. So that's kind of the tank Dell methodology. Though. I think Deshaun's probably the closest they got. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, because he, you know, before he was like, I'm not having fun here. He kind of he was he was kind of impactful that year. Got a ring. Yeah, he got a ring. Sure did. And then we went Corey Trice. Corey Trice, we got an A. We got a B for for Tank Dell. I'm not sure why. But Corey Trice, we got an A. Uh, I really like Corey Trice's size. I mean, I uh, he's an elite in terms of, uh, of of height and weight. He's elite. He's for the position. Uh, he just kind of fits perfectly in terms of what it is that we're looking for. I feel like he would pair really nicely opposite of Kobe Durant. He has that ability to aggressively jam at the line of scrimmage, which if Raheem Morris starts inevitably you know, listening to the fan base, then maybe there's an opportunity for him to eventually do that. But he's also really good at anticipation when he's in his zone, which is a key characteristic for the Rams, which is what they're looking for. Um, when you're you're in a situation where you're trying to uh, not break and consistently bend and keep points off of the board, um, you know you look for that kind of anticipation in a zone. I feel like Corey Trice has that. He has had injuries in the past to tore his ACL. I think it was in 2021. But otherwise, I feel like he'd be a higher pick. Like I feel like he's the kind of guy that offers position versatility as a press man or in a cover three zone scheme, which a lot of the times the Rams do run. And um, the Rams were at this pro day. They were at the Purdue Pro Day. Like, I feel like they are, are really kind of intertwined into the way that that roster was constructed over the last three, four years. Watching Corey Trice, I, I just feel like it would be not necessarily a one-to-one -one Jalen Ramsey replacement, but at least somebody that can kind of fill the void for uh, the time being. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're not going to, if you're going to do this out and you're going to trade out and you're not going to be in a position where you can get, uh, our beloved Ringo. I think this would be. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we missed on Ringo. Ringo was actually taken before Tank Dell. Yeah. So, and we and saw I, Ringo today had that top speed during the 40 where he was just flying. So, I feel like they are going to prioritize offense in the top and in, in their first or second pick. So, yep. I, you know, it's just something that you got to kind of get used to. A little bit um, of shiny toy, a little bit of, uh, of future core. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. And mm -hmm. then you move on to uh, Kobe Turner. Um, all Kobe's deserve to play in LA, as we like to say <laughs> on the podcast. Um, he's impressive in the short area uh, for being slightly undersized. And he's a smart player in terms of recognition. He doesn't lose sight of the ball. Um, he had four bad passes in 2022. which we like that. Maybe, yeah. you know, not tall enough to intercept, but tall enough to bat. Uh, teams raves about about his work work ethic and would be a really good uh, rotational three technique potentially shift inside if he you know if the growth is there and that's something that you know they're going to really look at if they can get that out of him yeah which would be great yeah I mean that's another friend for Aaron Donald I fully approve of that pick PFF does too great GNA Deuce Vaughn this had to have been our best graded. I think. Just yeah, yeah. A minus. A lot of A's. And yeah, and I think 
only the Grant Dubow and the Jake Moody pick really weighed down this this grade. Otherwise, I think we're an A. We're an A plus. Like that's how good I feel like the draft is holistically. Then there's yeah. Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is another guy. Like uh, that's the the issue with Tank Dell is like you're going to take two of these guys. Maybe maybe that's the way that Sean McVay wants to construct this offense. Um, he fell all the way here for us to take him. He's an offensive weapon that you could use in jet sweeps, the slot, et cetera. Like he's a fun complimentary player to Cam Akers if you do end up taking him. I genuinely would just like to see them go with a bigger back, to be honest. But Deuce Vaughn is somebody that is considered to be highly coveted in the fourth or fifth rounds. You get a ton, a ton of Darren Sproles comparisons, and rightfully so, relatively the same size. And uh, I just feel like you could be getting a really good player here. So I think the size is going to scare people, but I feel like if he felt us here, we figured we're the Rams. Why the hell not? Let's take him. He's had four plays of 60-plus yards in 2022. Go back and watch that and think to yourself, hey, maybe we've got a home run hitter here. Like he's got a, does a really nice job on wheel routes. He was often targeted 10-plus yards downfield. So he's not just a small body. He's a weapon. Yeah. Just go there's right into Ronnie Hickman. Yeah, go ahead. You do Ronnie Hickman. Go for it. You got an A for the pick. So Yeah, I mean – Overdrafted him here, probably why we got the A. Um, there's something to be said about Jordan Fuller in his last year and nothing but question marks behind him. Um, if, you know, Quentin and Lake Russ uh, yeah. aren't able to help hold up their end of the bargain or are dealing with injuries like they did their rookie year. I mean, I look at this, didn't surrender many explosive plays, allowed zero touchdowns in 2022. The Rams also originally loved Fuller. And he was great in the first few years. So wondering if that's what they're going to try to repeat. But, you know, I mean, it's destiny. They definitely could. Yeah, Yeah. they definitely could. I think uh, Ohio State safeties are highly coveted, and he would be a really good player in this system. I do. And especially if Ross East or Quinn Lake doesn't pan out. There's your insurance right there. Jordan Fuller's gone, right? And then we finally went Payne Duram. We got our tight end. Uh, May have been the steal of the entire draft, to be honest. He's a physical specimen. He plays as hard as he possibly can. He was a team leader at Purdue. He missed one game due to injury in four seasons. He isn't timid over the middle whatsoever, and he enjoys the physicality of the position. He reminds me of what George Kittle was coming out of Iowa. He really does. Like that type of player, physicality across the middle, catches the ball well, catches it well over his shoulder. I feel like that could be a steal in the draft. And then same with Grant Grant DeBell right after him. Two with which is real fast with with tight ends. Um, I feel like that's not a position where you have to go high. Like you can yeah. find amazing tight end talent like this deep. So this was personally probably my favorite pick of the entire draft. Um, I think he could be impactful immediately. I do too. Uh, steal steal of the entire NFL draft. Yeah, and then uh, Grant Dubose. Uh, listen to Steve Smith because Steve Smith just will rave about him. Uh, that's really kind of all you really need to know. I, at least that's what as, as much as I did. No, I didn't. <laughs> but you love his size. Route running is polished, uh, distinguished. He's fluid, played special teams. Set a single season school record for touchdown ca- uh, catches with nine in 2022. Seems like nine and ten um, in in a bunch of different games kind of, you know, is something that gets us up a little excited. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's hey, nine to ten Stafford to cup. Yeah. Have some fun. Have some fun. Just go nuts. Yeah, have some fun. Well, so that's the second receiver we've taken in three rounds, four rounds. So, I mean, I, we saw PFF's mock earlier. They took uh, 
three receivers in their draft. We've taken two so far, and we maxed out on two. So then we went we, – after Dubow, we went with Jared Clark, um, a guy that has battled some adversity in terms of personal football-related adversities, but has the background as a tight end. He has the background of a basketball power forward, which you could see in some of his tape. He added 100 pounds since he was a senior at high school where he was 230 pounds as a tight end. He's just a football player. He's a raw prospect. He just wants to play football. He just has to work on his technical skill. And there's another partner and another friend for Aaron Donald, Jared Clark, interior yeah. defense lineman for Coastal Carolina. And we got and an I, for that pick. I think it's only fitting for me to talk about backups because I seem to have a lot of opinions on them throughout the ages. <laughs> um, Clayton Toon, backup QB of the future, not QB of the future. Uh, he'll run the crap out of that scout team uh, offense. Sure That's will. what they need primarily. He's QB 10 in the draft, but moves well in the pocket, has a three-quarter delivery, but has you know a functional arm strength, number two in school history and passing touchdowns behind Rams legend Case Keenum. Mm. Um, I think this is what they thought they had with, with uh, Bryce last year. Yeah, with Perkins or with John yeah. Wolford. I uh, yeah I, yeah, I whoever I whoever they felt like could run the scout team I feel like yeah, because I mean be able to do that on you know, he's one. gonna he's gonna make moves with his feet and that would be you know fun to see if something happens uh yeah hopefully nothing yeah. happens hopefully we don't see him but yeah yeah I'm still obviously I love Jaron Hall but if we have to settle for Clayton Tune I sure will he's a smart I'm, or, I'm team Clayton so yeah okay deal and then there's Brett Nealon. If you watched him at USC, he's a center. There's plenty of work to do in relation to his size and technical skill, but I feel like he's severely underrated, severely underrated. I feel like this is another steal if you get him late in the draft. I put on some film of him back in September of last year when he played against Oregon State. He had graded really highly in that game, so I just wanted to watch him specifically there. He was eating up. He was just eating them up, driving them off the ball. It was a really impressive tape. And I, you know what? I like that kind of kid. I like that kind of hard-nosed kid that we're not sure exactly what he's going to be yet. He could be a late-round draft pick. Uh, he's undersized, underdeveloped, but he could certainly fit right into our long list of developing interior offensive linemen, that's for sure. Um, so I would like to see that pick there late in the seventh round. Just and then, Nick, our last pick in the draft. Yeah, just good to have somebody else uh, in, in that position that you can trust. But then yep. – we're going with a kicker who is the number one specialist on the board, projected to go in the fourth or fifth round. That's pretty nuts. We'll take him with our last pick, um, Jake Moody. So Jake Moody. Moody's point, the tip of his big toe. Let's go. That's oh, That is calling. a deep, deep cut. Is that a Nickelodeon cut? It's a Amanda Show cut. Amanda Show. That's even deeper. Even yeah, deeper. and had funnily, or I don't know, coincidentally enough, I guess you can say, her dad like also didn't have a big toe. Do you remember that Moody's no. point? Moody's dad uh, didn't have a big toe, and her mom was yeah, like, "Yeah, that's like I think that's room. unlocking a memory for me as we speak." Yeah, yeah. he like always. No, I don't remember. Amanda show is a good show. Good show. Yeah, probably for children. Probably good show for kids. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame how things happen at the Nickelodeon headquarters. <laughs> these, these kids grow up. It's tough. Uh, not the pivot. Um, that's our our ten minute mock draft. That's what we got. We did it in 14 minutes, 15 minutes. Less and Sean, Sean and Les. Let's call it the third and final mock draft of the 2023 season. Paul and Phil, Phil and Paul, Sean and <laughs> Les. Um, this, I mean, personally, I feel like that's a good mix of our shiny toy and then like, what, what do we call the other one? Future core. 
Future core. I, I like this is what I want to see because you kind of get a little bit of both because you know that they are going to get offensive weapons. It's just they're going to do it. They're probably going to do it early. Um, so just knowing that they're going to get those out of the way, but then also bringing in core members, you kind of get a little best of both worlds. It's this would be pristine. If we get something similar to this, I would be be very happy come Sunday. Hey, is it perfect? Maybe not. You know, maybe the, uh, maybe maybe the Ronnie Hickman pick was aggressive. Maybe Deuce Vaughn and, and Tank Dell aren't aren't two good enough weapons. They're too undersized, and you know, maybe we rate them too highly. And that's that's what the fun of the draft is all about. You know, kind of got to deal with some prospects. You got to project a little bit, and you got to be understanding of the system, and also hopeful that these kids can continue to develop. So yeah. I, I think the Rams offense likes a, a mix of, of weapons. I think they like small weapons. I think they like bigger weapons. I think they like a combination of things to be able to consistently evolve the offense. And defensively, you need maybe two or three pillars. And then you could potentially sign another player in 2024 to be a part of that new core. So we're getting there. We really are. I just feel like there's a lot of bodies, a lot of positions that need to be filled. But for right now, we're prepared for the draft. I feel like I could draft the full team right now. Let me just say two things real fast to get back to this championship um, and similar to like what I was feeling last night with the Lakers who I don't know if they're a championship team, but God damn, at least they're competing this year. Um, I don't know if the Rams will be competing this year, but I know that they will be ready to compete in 2024. So grain of salt, uh, bet online, live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long, always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive our 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use our promo code BLEAV. Receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Beautiful. Hey, I think they're going to compete in 2023 also, not just 2024. They're going to build it yeah. back up really quick, and we're going to be Good. fun. It's going to be a fun team to watch this year. Got Rodgers out of the NFC. I love it. You got, Le- you got LeBron on the Lakers. You got Aaron Donald on the Rams. Greatness awaits you. Good Game stuff is going to happen. You build around the core. Yep. Indeed. Thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure that you – Like and subscribe. Thank like you guys for listening. Guys. We Thank appreciate you, so you. We appreciate yep. you. Go Rams. We'll see you Thursday on draft. Day. During the draft. Peace.